Hey guys, thank you for tuning in to another episode of The Neat Board. This week, we're giving to Whistle Pigs a piggyback 100% ride. So grab your drinks, sit back and relax, and we hope you enjoy the show. All right, we're live, baby. Hey, welcome back to The Neat Board Podcast. Nick is here. And Shalanda's here. We're back with episode 60. It's the Armadale Vodka episode, Shalanda. It's the Whistle Pig piggyback episode. Really? Yeah. It's yeah. funny because this is when our beer side crosses over to our bourbon side. Yeah, this is a six-year whiskey uh, finished in Revolution VSOJ barrels. Shouts out Rev, one of my favorite breweries here in Chicago. Yeah, so this is a good one. Uh, when... Afro Beer Chick and Chicago Beer Keeks come together. We're collectively known as a Neeport podcast, a show where we always drink the good stuff and focus on the beauty in the barrel. So, there's a lot going on here. I don't even know where to start. Uh, Whistlepig, this is uh, this is our first Whistlepig episode. Yeah, um, so you cop this bottle of Whistlepig because of Rev, right? Because we would see it on the shelves all the time and we never kind of jumped to get it. Um, kind of have questions about the $500 bottle that we always see. But yeah, other than that, I don't know too much about Whistle Pig. This is my first time having Whistle Pig. Yeah, man, they're notorious for, um, you know, what, creating a luxury uh, brand, right? In the vein of like scotches, right? Like, what is the high and being high in on purpose, right? Kind of like saying, we'll take our. If this has any resale value, we're going to take that and put it all in the retail <laughs> value. It's, they're really sticking you in the ass with that one because you're talking about 500 plus taxes. So depending on where you're at, where we normally go, it's about 16% sales tax. They're, um, they're yeah. keeping a riffraff out, as they say. Shit. Yeah. You got to worry about me. I'm not paying $500 on a goddamn bottle. Yeah. So this is... uh. Whistle Pig Piggyback. Now, this is a 100% rye. So, most of the ryes we have upstairs, they usually got like malted barley or some sort of corn in them, right? Some of them are barely rye, where they just have like 51% corn. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, 51% rye. But this is a 100% rye. Now, that's pretty interesting. It is. Um, you ever had a 100% rye that you know of? You're going to ask me this after a long day of work and cooking and all that. I can't bring... This doesn't come to mind. Yeah, you could just say, no, that's fine. I was trying to honestly think. Oh, okay. We're <sighs> just going to need a no on that next time. Okay? Well, hell no, no, no. Yeah. No. But I think the reason, uh, like, like Shalana said, the reason it's special is because, you know, it was finished in a, a beer barrel and, quite frankly, one of the greatest beers of all time at, uh, in Chicago is Revolution's VSOJ. So that's their barley wine, uh, extended age barley wine. So the uh, stray jacket is two years. VSOJ, very special old jacket, is is two years. And mm-hmm. stray jacket's one year. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think that's why we're getting involved with this entire situation. Um, you know, when I first take a sip of this, uh, this VSOJ, man, I mean, this VSOJ, what is this? This VSOJ whiskey. I mean, it smells really good. It smells like everything I like in a, in a rye. You know how ryes can somehow be uh, what, a little lemon zest and a little oak? 
right? Mm-hmm. Maybe a little orange peel, maybe a little mint, right? You know, the very first time I had a ride that I remember in recent memory was um, that time in Sage Andy. And I tell you, man, that shit kind of tasted like a pre-made cocktail to me when I had it in a flight. And I didn't understand what was going on with rides at all. But I think rye gives you that extra dimension of flavor. That's why it's perfect for cocktails. I know you too. Everybody's sick of hearing saying that. But um, have you had a sip of this yet? I have. And that's I'm trying to I'm trying to process this still. I'm trying to figure out what I'm getting from it um for me. Um I get a lot of spice. It's very spice forward as of right now. I'm getting and I also taste like some dried fruit. You know, we I know we push apricots and dates a lot on this show, but I am really getting some apricot. Maybe with some hints of caramel, um, hints of peach. Um but definitely a lot of spice. I mean, but you expect that because it's a hundred percent rye, and you know, I do enjoy the spicier whiskeys. Yeah, that spice is lingering. Um, uh, you know, this this place is up in uh, Vermont. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, uh, it's all, it's literally on a farm. So this guy who started the company, I got some notes on it. Uh, he's an entrepreneur that before this ran for U.S. Congress. Um, that didn't work out the way he wanted. Uh, wanted to figure out his next pivot, so he bought a farm in Vermont. And uh, you mean like Chuck Rhodes? Of billions? <laughs> uh, something like that. I think Chuck bought his in upstate New York. Mm-hmm. But he's on this farm, and he's like, "Well, what the hell do I do on this farm?" So he ultimately led to him uh, starting a, a distillery, mm-hmm. right? So. Uh, the guy's name is Raj Pita Bakta. That's his name. Yeah. So he was a contestant on The Apprentice. And, um, you know, we talk a lot of shit about Whistlepig for their price. Um, but the critics seem to love him. So in 2017, uh, they finished Best in Show with uh, Whistlepig, the Boss Hog, Black Prince. So the Black Prince is a 14-year ride finished in Armagnac cask. Uh, that took best in show at the um, basically the Oscars of whiskey. The know, Oscars of whiskey in 2017. So I think that kind of legitimized you know their whole approach. Mm. You know I would see in the store there's a a three pack of like really uh, pony bottles, mm-hmm. and um, I tried those. You know I forget which variants they were, uh, but that's as close as I've gotten to trying it. Part of me just didn't understand, just didn't understand the price point, didn't understand this whole thing about luxury brandy. I mean luxury whiskey, so. So what was the retail on that? This is uh, it's usually forty nine for the uh, for the piggyback. This is fifty nine. Um, and do you think because it has is the collaboration with Rev? Because I see their logo at the bottom. And then it's um, and then it's finished in a single barrel. Okay. Right. Yeah. So it's finished in a different kind of barrel. So you gotta pay for that process, right? Because Rev's gotta ship these barrels from Chicago to Vermont. And then instead of transferring it straight to a bottle, they like they would all the other uh, whistle pig or piggyback, they got to put it in a bourbon barrel. So there's an extra process. There's an extra step in the process, right? So yeah. it kind of makes sense. So just like everything else in the world, beauty costs, that beauty in the barrel is going to hit you. Mm. Now, what I don't want to go unnoticed is that, you know, we got a VSOJ sidecar here, mm-hmm. you know, fresh out the, fresh out the uh, refrigerator. So just going side by side, the VSOJ and this um and this whistle pig piggyback is is actually uh, pretty magical. I'm very happy with the combination of the two. So 
I mean, I'm digging it. You know, for one, I mean, VSOJ is always one of my is always my jam. It's one of the favorite beers. But let's get back into um, this whiskey here. I didn't know what to expect. You know, kind of pass it all the time. You know, on the shelves, but I'm I'm vibing with it. I'm I'm digging it. Like I would, you know, probably keep this as a sipper on the bar. Yeah, when they um. When I took a sip without the beer, mm-hmm. um, it had everything I like in uh, in a in a in a rye whiskey aromatically. But then it seemed to just be kind of dry and finish really fast for me with my very first sip. Um, then yeah, I, it doesn't have a long finish at all. But then I pivoted to take a sip of the VSOJ, and it seems like it's an, it's extending it in all the right ways, like all the richness and all the long finish that I'm missing. In the whiskey is I'm picking it up in the beer, and yeah. then when I go back to the whiskey, now I'm getting uh, all this spice yeah. that I didn't get before. <laughs> so the combination of these two is actually really fun. Yeah. So I just had a sip of the beer, and then I had a sip of the whiskey. The the flavors is definitely dancing on my tongue. So if anybody can get a hand, get their hand on a bottle of this, I would suggest that you do this back, seriously back to back. They're great on their own, but when they come together, it it makes a whole little party in your mouth. Um, that sweetness from the beer and then it commingles with the spiciness of the whiskey is like it takes it to a completely different level. Yeah, now they were founded in 2007 in Shoreham, Vermont. This crew, Whistlepig. Uh, they're owned by someone called Mariah Ventures LLC, whatever that is. Not Mariah Carey? No, this is uh, Mo Raya. Oh, okay. Mo is Mo Raya. Not Mo, not M A. Because yeah. now we belong together. That's Not a great that. song. I was playing that the other day. That and uh, Breakdown with uh, Bone Thugs and Harmony. Actually, I think it's just Wishbone and uh, and Lazy Bone. Not not the entire Bone Thugs. But I, but I digress. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, we talk about Dave Pickrell a lot on this show, you know, because we, should, we, drink, we, we drink so many of his whiskeys. And I think the last one was... Um, you know, he was at Maker's Mark for all those years. Then he left, and then Blacken was one of the whiskeys he consulted on. And then Whistlepig was another, mm-hmm. right? So I think the story goes that Dave, Dave Pickrell had this huge surplus of Canadian whiskey, but nobody wanted it. But he's telling people, like, listen, man, this is the best Canadian whiskey. This is the best rye whiskey period that I've ever had in my life. You know, it just happens to be from Canada. Mm-hmm. You know, so the, the entrepreneurs over at Whistlepig, Took them up on it, and before they started making their own spirits, they um they they bottled a lot of Canadian whiskey, you know, and um and put their spin on it, whether it's with the Black Prince and finishing in Armagnac barrels, or just making it a popular thing, you know, to just uh, unabashedly source Canadian whiskey and, and charge and charge a pretty penny for it, you know, their whole model. Um, now I think about it, man, you know. Their whole model about consolidating great whiskeys um, and taking these brands from around the world and leveraging them at one location sounds a lot like uh, barrel spirits, barrel yeah. craft spirits. They take a lot of pride in saying, hey, you know, we, we have over, you know, we have over 100 different distilleries uh, worldwide we source from. And then what we try to do is give it to you cash strength and then, you know, create our own expression based off pulling in all these flavors and, and mingling them, you know. So that's so that's pretty interesting, man. Um, you know, on the back of the bottle, it says uh, it says product of Canada, you know, and I think in the history of of uh, 
of Whistlepig, you know, they used to call it Vermont whiskey because, mm. you know, they sourced it, but then it sat on a Vermont farm for a couple of years. So the feds, the TTP, I guess, they said, hey, if it's uh, since it sat in, in America for two years, then you can call it Vermont whiskey. And mm. then so they started calling it that. And then the, and then the feds changed their mind. They said, well, on second thought, since it started in Canada, you got to call it. You have to reference Canada on your label. So there was some of that back and forth um, with these with these products. I think I'm going to pour a little bit more in that. So this is why I keep nick around with all the interesting liquor facts. But I think, you know, it's cool to kind of understand, you know, what the story is and why you decided. Because without it, right, without the story, like, what is, I think Drew from 18th Street said, he's like, anybody can make sugar water, right? <laughs> <laughs> hey, back in the day, when you had no Kool-Aid in house, that's exactly what we used to do, make sugar water. Anybody can make sugar water. I mean, until you slap a name on it, give it a story, and start talking about why you're doing what you're doing, then, yeah. you know, that's when shit gets a little interesting, right? A little bit yeah. more interesting, right? I mean, shit, a whistle pig, which is, which is what is a whistle pig? Yeah. A pig that whistle? <laughs> I, I think it's, um... I think it's a groundhog, right? Do you think? Nah. You know what? Honestly, I really just don't know. I think so. Let's check out, let's check out the label, too. All right. See, look at that guy on the front. Don't he kind of look like uh, Poxatunny? It's a Poxatunny. pig in a hat looking like his... I don't, I don't have my glasses on, he so looks I really like, can't like see. He looks like Poxatunny Phil out this motherfucker. He's definitely a groundhog. What? You know, the, the guy who tells you... The, yeah. It is a groundhog who um, I also refer to as Woodchuck, Whistle Pigs, and Land Beavers. Did you say a little chuck? I said a woodchuck. Woodchuck? Woodchuck. Okay. Yeah. Um, so our guys at Whistle Pig set out to make America's ultimate craft whiskey, Shalanda. You know, on occasion they have uh employees, their sales folks come out on the farm and work on the farm for two months up to a year. Who? The um salespeople. Oh, damn. Just so they can understand what's going on with this Vermont whiskey and why it's and why it's important. Say so put in that word. Yeah. You know, uh, one more note about this uh, whistle pig. Um, when you use 100% rye with no corn in the mash bill, uh, it's called a monogaleha rye. A what? Monogaleha rye. Mm. Um, that's the type of rye it is. Um, when you don't put in the corn in it. That's interesting. I didn't, I didn't know that. Um, but yeah, I think... Um, yeah, we talk all the time, like, you know, there's Pennsylvania rise, and then a lot of people will tell you the kind of whiskeys that um, Americans first started making were, were, rye, were rye whiskeys. Just because rye was so plentiful in the Northeast. Mm-hmm. So, and then a lot of people will tell you again, you know, the resurgence of whiskey and why it's so popular now because of, you know, the cocktail, cocktail communities got behind it. And rye was driving that. So rye whiskeys. Right, whiskeys are an integral part of what we do here, man. I mean, I do a good, I do enjoy a really good white whiskey. For me, it's about the spice. You know, you know, you know how I get down. I love spicy foods, uh, spicy drinks. So when that spice hits you in a good rye whiskey, it just really hits the spot for me. Yeah, yeah. I think this would be really good in cocktails. Oh, I can't wait. (laughs) And then um, shout out to them because they put it in this. uh, They put it in this rev finishing barrel which gave us a chance to talk about it our, our love for and our love for rev knows no end so so if anybody from rev is listening um kind of ran out of vsoj i would love to do a cocktail with these two so i can't hit i'm just mm-hmm. saying 
Yeah, those flavors going back and forth are really, really fantastic. Yeah. Um, I'd say this is, you know, at a $60 play, considering how much we love the the finished the finished beer and and how much we love our whiskey, I'm very happy with this as a, as a product. You know, it, but you know, it, it kind of goes to show. You know how like we have, like I said, we've walked by the products before, and up until now, we wasn't we weren't too you know interested in grabbing them. So it goes to show, like, damn, how much good shit we've passed up on the shelf. <laughs> Yeah, there's a ton of good whiskey. Um, but, you know, we took we took some L's on a couple of things. I mean, what you, here's the thing. You're not going to win them all. So, I mean, that, that kind of leads into the hesitance. But I'm always down to explore if somebody mentions something. Yeah. You know? You got, That's how we came across Peerless. Was, yeah. It was in Winder, Winder, Peerless and Wilderness Trail. But, see, here's the thing. Question: Are you really taking a complete L when you come across something that chef you don't really like? We may not like it as a sipper, but then it benefits more in cocktails. So we're not using the good shit in cocktails. So those whiskeys that may not be great sipper by themselves, but they're better in cocktails. No, that's fine. And I think um, just understanding the climate and understanding why people would refer things to you is part of your education, too. You know, I couldn't tell you how many times before we started making some some real solid friendships around town that motherfuckers would refer me straight to this window, Widow Jane, and tell me how limited it was and how amazing it was. And I'm not saying that it's not, because um, I've never had it. But <laughs> so we still haven't had Widow. But I mean, I tell you one, I tell you, it's not limited. That's for goddamn sure. You know, but you know, just understanding that people have their agenda when they're referring you to some of the shit that they done bought. All that stuff you saw in the store was bought. I think it's, I think it's more about really, I think it's like a game to some of the people. I'm not going to say all, I'm not going to say all, but I've come across some people who will refer you some bullshit and they know it's bullshit just to see um, if you're willing to buy it. It's all part of the dance. Yeah. I don't know if I have any regrets. My only regret I, I don't have a lot of regrets. I think some things kind of let me down. And some things pissed me off, like old Fitz from last week. Um, but really? I, I, yeah, old Fitz you off? Well, it was just a st- it was just a really stiff price point. I was just mad that I wasn't, you know, I just wasn't, you know, I wasn't in the game long enough to even see it at that retail yet. Yeah, you know, that's all. Um, I can I can do that. Um, oh, but speaking of um, speaking of Heaven Hill, you know, I wanted to. We talked about their bottle and bond stuff last week, mm-hmm. and how you know they kind of have more bottle and bonds than anybody. This week is the 125th anniversary of the bottle and bond act. So I was going to run off all the bottle and bond labels that Heaven Hill has because it's something we tapped on. We tapped on last week, but we didn't really get into too heavy. Mm-hmm. So they actually have like 13 of them, man. Uh, there's, we talked about Heaven Hill, the brand, Bond and Bond, okay. Henry McKenna, Mellow Corn, uh, Heaven, uh, Evan Williams, uh, GTS Brown, TW Samuels, JW Gant, William Heaven Hill. Uh, there was a Parker's Heritage Bond and Bond. They have a Christian Brothers Sacred Bond Brandy. Which is a bottle and bond. So bottle and bond crosses boundaries. It can be a, 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 a brandy too. Uh, then the old Fitzgerald that we had last week and Rittenhouse. Yeah, and um, that's a big deal because, and I mean, you guys probably know this, but you know, it's got to be four years old. It's got to be from the same distilling season. A distilling season is six months, and um, it's got to be a hundred proof. 
And it was the very first Consumer Protection Act. Yeah. So it's kind of a big deal. But yeah, man. And there you have it, folks. Um, I would say I would say grab that whistle back, man. I say that's perfect for uh, any bottle share. Mm-hmm. You just want to turn it up a notch and get and, and just have a cool story and have a good whiskey. I think, and you know, it's 103 proof. It's full of spice. I think it's I think it's pretty good. I'm actually a fan of it. And you know, I'm glad it wasn't 500 dollars like the rest of the shit. So I mean, if you would, I don't know, if you would have paid 500 dollars, I'm probably gonna talk about your babe. I mean, I would have helped you drink it. To be fair, I am hoping to try something like that at a bar this summer. Just a little pour. Just give me a little nip of the black. Just a little. Not the black prince, but one of the boss hogs. Mm-hmm. You know, let me let me sample a little bit of that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, they didn't even talk about how uh, at this point, Rev's notorious for using whistle pigs. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like I think three or four of their releases now. So yeah. they really develop a relationship with um, with grabbing whistle pig barrels. And doing some special stuff in it. So now it's going back the other way. It's coming full circle. And there you have it. Shit. I think that's it. Shalana, we got anything else? Um, that's about it. You know, just look look for the the cocktail of the week, which will be dropping and some bourbon sangria, which was one of my faves. Um, where can they find you individually? Nick. Hey man, I'm on Twitter at Nicosio. And I'm on and I'm Afrobeer Chick on all the 